have the opportunity to to finance that kind of thing for them, and they did contribute toward that. The families, of course, uh, paid money for them to go, but the church supports that and so on. And then Aaron's trip, of course, uh, we were able to raise money in one week to send her to El Salvador on behalf of the church. And so thank you so much uh, as we're collecting the offering. Uh, I thought about that. But, uh, but anyway, our youth ministry will, will present and give you an idea of what they did. I believe Clint's got some words to share, and then uh, several who went on the trip are actually going to give you a few words as well. And uh, so, Clint, come and, and uh, tell us about it.
cool. That's cool. Thank you all so much for sharing with us. You know, when I was in high school, we went every year. We went to Eastern Kentucky. As a matter of fact, we we built houses for different folks and so on. And, and you know, I I realize that many of us can be very cynical about young people, uh, teenagers in particular. And guess what? People, when you were a teenager, they felt the same way about you. They did. You you all back in my day, back in your day, you were just a punk too. That's just the way it was. Just the way it was. But. Listen, there is something about what God can do in the life of a young person that you may not see it. You may not know it's happening. You may not be able to see all the fruit immediately, but the seeds are being planted. The Lord is working in somebody's heart. And that's what I found when I was a teenager. And part of the reason I stand here before you today is because of the trips that I took so many years ago that God was working on the calling that he had on my life, using those experiences and so on. And so as Clint has said uh, several times, thank you all for supporting our young people, our youth ministry, our children's ministry, and for helping to send them on such a wonderful trip. Speaking of trips, of course, Aaron, why don't you come on down here and... uh, Clint, since I want you help me out, can you grab a couple of chairs while I'm while I'm talking? If you would mind, just a couple here. Uh, Aaron, recently you'll see some some pictures in just a moment. She and I are going to kind of uh, let you hear a little bit from from what she got to be a part of. But Aaron went to El Salvador recently, and uh, our church, by the way, we financed the trip. I believe you needed somewhere around fifteen hundred dollars, if that was not if I'm not mistaken. And the first week we raised twenty one hundred, and so there was there was some left over. I will say we do have right now. Uh, in a missions fund that we we just kept the extra money there. And so for those of you that God is calling to go on the next trip, uh, there is some money available that, that we'll have. And so, uh, so Aaron, why don't, we, why don't we have a seat? Let me give you this microphone you're excited about. And, uh, and then, so what we'll do, uh, you'll, you'll be seeing some of the slides uh, behind us. And, uh, and Aaron will we'll kind of pause occasionally, kind of tell you a little bit about what was going on. I've got some questions for her, and then that's kind of how we'll wrap up the service. Fair enough? You good? All right. All right. Ben, we'll go ahead and roll that. By the way, this was a this was a trip organized through our local Baptist Association. We are part of the Purchase Area Baptist Association. We're we're locally associated with them and and then of course with the Kentucky Baptist Convention, the Southern Baptist Convention. This was put on Dennis Manley, who uh, some of you have met. He's he's uh, spoken here before on my behalf. Uh, he was the guy who organized the trip. He's been there several times to El Salvador, and so you'll see there, of course, uh, the gathered so group. How many folks went? About eight, nine, something like that, nine, and, uh, and a couple of pastors and some other uh, members of churches and so on. So um, this was back on spring break. Erin took her, her April first, April first, yeah. So uh, so first, and and then of course you can see there the flight uh, a long way. Uh, how, did it seem like it, it took that long um, to get there? No, it was about. I guess I should. You got to hold that. It took about. Um, about three hours from Houston to San Salvador. Um, it wasn't that bad. What about once you got there, the the, the journey to where you were going to be? The only time I feared for my life was when we were in the car. <laughs> they drive a little differently there, they, from what I understand. They have lanes. I don't know why. They don't use them. <laughs> um, they go very fast. And you'll see a lot of people riding on, like, um the back of propane tanks that are packed in the trucks and on ladders that go over the beds of trucks. Um, and we're in the mountains, so, you know, it, it's curving and it's it, it's terrifying. 
they go fast. <laughs> the main purpose of this particular trip was what's called like a vision trip. And so what was essentially when Dennis organized the trip and you agreed to go, what was the purpose of, of going this time? Well, we actually went all over San Salvador. We went from the east to the west, and we met with about 30 different church uh, pastors and churches. And the goal was to go and see what needs needed to be met and which ones we would be able to meet and um, to come back and discuss and get people together if we needed a construction group and to you know to rally the forces and to go back and to meet those needs and there's a lot of needs y'all <laughs> I noticed the pictures there with Dennis and, and Jaime are they leading worship preaching did you do some of that stuff as well um, the pastors did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we went with three pastors, um, Jaime and Dennis, and that is Chris, and he's the pastor of Impact Church in Benton. Um, they they did some preaching, um, but really it was more. Um, we were guests. We were guests to them, and they they would feed us and give us housing and. Um, and, and in return, they would sit down with us after a service and and just talk to us about what their church needed, what their people need. Um, and a lot of these churches have missions. So you've got the actual church, and then they have gone out and set up house churches um, to areas where they can't get to the actual home church. And those missions needed, some of them need buildings, some of them need Bibles, some of them need transportation, um, very real needs, because people walk. <laughs> There's not a, lot of, not a lot of cars in the smaller cities, they walk. Um, this was an all-women's church. This, it was led by women, and um, I think there were two men that went to that church. It was really neat. Mm. Now, Jaime, he is a native Spanish speaker. From Puerto Rico. From, yes. Mm-hmm. And so he was there on the trip. Did he do a lot of the interpreting and that he sort did. of thing? And that, that <clears throat> sweet girl right there, her name is Janet. She was another one of our interpreters. Okay. Did you learn any Spanish while you were there? No. No. <laughs> so the churches, relative to, to what they look like, their buildings, size, and so on, to kind of what we're experiencing this morning, what, how would you compare and contrast what a, a service and so on looks like? This sanctuary is their church. And a lot of the times you would walk out a side door and they would have um, like pavilions set up and that's where they would do Sunday schools and women's groups and just general meetings. Um, so basically just one building. Yes. They just have one building. Yeah. Is it I'm relatively close to the same size? They have the same number of people gather? Um, oh, no. Um, in some of the churches that we went to, uh, this like this church right here was in Berlin, I think, and they um, they cater to, to the children. And they will have anywhere up to 250 to 300 wow. kids spread i mean and they showed us a picture they're inside the sanctuary they're pouring out the wind you know the doors and into the sides and into the yards and um but on a typical sunday a lot of the ones that we would visit would have maybe 30 to 50 
So several different churches, and then the, the missions kind of spread out. So the church in a kind of a central location in like a village? Yes, each town, each village. Mm-hmm. Well, you have like the bigger towns. Berlin was a was a bigger town, and they had the home church in Berlin, and then gotcha. the surround. It's kind of like Murray would be the home, and then New Concord. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. All the suburbs of Murray, right? <laughs> yeah. What, when you when you were there, what were the things that that you were personally involved with or responsible for? Did you have did the team kind of break it up and say we'll do this and you do that? What What'd you do? <laughs> Yeah, to be honest with you, you know, we just kind of played it by ear because each day um, we would visit two or three different places. Um, uh, like we went to a park in this little town and just gave these kids ice cream. I mean, and they came they came out of the woodwork. <laughs> when, we, when we started buying ice cream, there was maybe five or six kids, and by the time we were finished, there was about 30. <laughs> and then they would just sit down around us, and we would, we would pray with them, and we would talk with them and play with them. And we did a lot of stuff with, with the kids. Um, I think this is, yes, this is the day we went out into the streets with the with a youth group um, from one of the churches that we had visited. And let me tell you guys, those kids are fearless. We went out into the markets and I just no hesitation. They would walk up to these people that they've never met before in their life and just do you know Jesus? Do you know the love of Jesus Christ? And as it that scares me and I've been at this for a while. I've, you know, I've been a Christian <laughs> the majority of my life, but these kids had yeah. no fear and no hesitation, and their love for Jesus is—it just—it spills out and into the people that are with them. <laughs> when you think of this stuff, you kind of speaking of that, the things that spiritually that you know you and I talked before and I you know one of the things that I said to you based on my own experience of going on mission trips was that it'll 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 kind of do stuff to you spiritually it will wake you up it will challenge you convict you grow you what are the things that personally that you experienced spiritually you know in a spiritual growth capacity and so on that you say you know what I'd never thought about that the Lord really worked in my heart this week what were some of those things um really just the realization of of how comfortable I've gotten in my faith in the States because it's so easy. Um, these people, Catholic, that's the major religion in El Salvador. So, um, and, and the Catholics, that they not they are not very happy with all of the with all of the Baptist churches that are kind of popping <laughs> up all over El Salvador. And um, it doesn't. It, it just it it almost empowers the people that attend the Baptist churches, um, they have something every single day that they do for the Lord, whether it's coming in for a prayer meeting or going out into the streets or having Bible studies. Um, the first day we were there, we got to witness a prayer meeting with some, um, with a few women, one of their sons, one of the woman's sons was sick and in the hospital. And these women had been fasting for three days. And then on Sunday, they had come together to just be with one another and be with God with one another. And just the emotion that, you know, poured out of them that we were able to wit- to witness. And 
you don't see things like that very often here. Uh, I think it makes us uncomfortable. Sure. And they just don't care. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. So you, when you're dealing with the kids and so on, are their parents involved in their lives or, I mean, just kind of kids on their own? How How is that? The majority of the kids that we met, we did not meet parents. Um, the parents do not drop them off. The parents do not pick them up. Um, the parents do not attend the church. It's just because of how active the people of the church are because they spend so much time to go out and to seek these people out, to seek the kids out, to seek the adults out and bring them in. They kind of become their family. Um, A lot of these kids have a lot of rough life. Uh, Absent parents or maybe parents that are there that probably shouldn't be. and there's a lot of a lot of drugs and a lot of gangs that they they fear, and it's it's very real to them. Sure. You mentioned about perspective change, and you just you know you realize how comfortable you've become, and so on and so forth. Was there anything else as far as life in America, life in an American church, uh, life in a small town, Southern Baptist American church? That you just say, you know, my perspective was changed by going and seeing this in in a variety of areas. Um, Don't get so busy that y'all forget to to enjoy life. That was that was the biggest thing that they that I learned over there because you look at how they live and you know. Living how we live in America, we look at that and go, oh, that's so horrible, and that's normal to them. That is, they're happy. You know, they're, they're happy with a, the very minimalistic lifestyle, and because of that, they're able to put so much focus on their relationship with God and their relationship with each other through a family of Christ. And... Um, we get so busy here that we forget to, to rely on each other and to rely on God. And um, they taught me that it's okay to, to, to not do something. It's not. It's okay to not have something to do every day and to enjoy it and enjoy what you have and your family and your friends and um, put into perspective what's really important in life. Now, I've heard in countries like that, they say they're going to be here at, you know, around this time, and then it's really around whenever they get there. How was that as far as adjusting to the pace? You talk about having something to do, you know, and, the, and just, okay, it's not happening the way I want it to. How was that? They do have a very slow way of life. They just kind of coast through the day and what they need to do. Um, however, you know, Dennis talked an awful lot about the El Salvador time. And what I learned is it's more the dentist time. Oh, nice. Um, you tell him that. They yeah. were always on time. <laughs> we were not always on time. Gotcha. He was more on their time than they were. Yeah, well, they yeah. had all day to get to where they needed to go. Right. And they, you know, they could plan accordingly. And 
Not so much for us. That's good. <laughs> Dennis is a talker. He likes to talk. He, yes, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it's kind of surprising. He wasn't, he's he's uh, retired military. Yes. So, you know, you figure he would operate it. Maybe he's, he said, I'm done with that. You know, I don't want to be on somebody's so schedule. He's done with schedule. So what, what's, what's next as far as, you know, you all returned and you say, here's the next steps. What did Dennis talk about? What's coming up? Um, things, you know, that, that, okay, this was the vision trip. Here's what's coming uh, in two weeks, a month, whatever. What's what's going on right now? Okay. This is um, actually we're, we're really, really excited. Um, we are planning on going back in October of next year, 2018. Um, we haven't started meetings with that. We've got a tentative date. We're wanting to be there when the kids are out. Um, and some of the pictures that you saw the yellow, the, the yellow buildings, that was um, the orphanage. And um, we spent a day with them. And part of our plan is we're going to go back to that orphanage and do a vacation Bible school. And we're wanting to do like a block party because the church that's within the orphanage kind of caters to the very few families who live. Because they live on a volcano. And there's a few families who live there with them, and they go to the church at the orphanage. Um, and those kids are great. They're so cute. <laughs> and they were so happy to see a big group of white people. <laughs> we were oddities there, and um, they, I guess they're, I don't know, they, they were just super excited to see, and they would they would hold, come and hold their arms up to us, and yeah, we're pasty. <laughs> So that's one thing that we're planning on doing and going back. We saw quite a few needs that needed to be met at the orphanage. Um, a lot of work in their kitchens, um, a lot of work in their in their buildings and kind of the outside area. And now one place that really, really um, touched my heart was we went to a retirement center. This was a retirement center for retired um, preachers, missionaries, Baptist preachers and missionaries. Um, and um, I thought the orphanage would be hard to see, um, but kids are pretty resilient, um, and uh, they have been able to find a lot of happiness in there, in, in the situation that they're in. The retirement center; these are people that they've pretty much been been dropped there and left there. These are people that have served God their whole life. That's what. That's what they've done. That's what they got, were called to do. Um, and then they're they're in this place that's pretty much a glorified pavilion. Um, it did have walls. The walls were added about two years prior to when we got there. There was nine residents. Um, <laughs> there's some of them. Um, there were nine residents, and they had a room that was maybe about as wide as the stage. It fit a bed and a chair. Um, and they, we were talking to them about how, you know, how do you feed them? How, how do you take care of them? There's a staff of two. They live there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and they work off about $400 a year. And, and um, there's a, a local church that once, it, once a year will bring them a 50-pound bag of rice as, um, as like an offering to the church. Um, and 
I mean, but they, they need gloves, they need sheets, they need medicines, they need food. They, there's so much that these people need. Um, this is probably where I will I will call to y'all to help because um, there's a lot of needs to be met and they're... It just broke my heart. These were people that served God, and it and and they they felt like they were forgotten, that they they were left and forgotten, and um, to be able to to send something to them, um, just to remind them that they're not forgotten, that God has not forgotten them, that we have not forgotten them, and um, just to love on those the the two ladies who who work there. Um, because I cannot imagine that has to be exhaustive and trying on the heart um, to watch that every day and to see that every day. Um, and so we will that we're going to partner with another church and go back to the pavilion and maybe lay carpet down oh. on the floor and um, meet some of the, the the drastic needs that that they need. Um, and out of all the churches that we met with, not a, not a single church asked for money or provisions or anything like that. They needed discipleship training and and VBS training and supplies and books and resources. Um, so we were going to set our, our plan when we go back in October is to meet kind of central in El Salvador. And then kind of spread out from there and go to the orphanage and go to the retirement center. But then that way all the churches that we met with and more can come to us for discipleship training and um, to get supplies and resources and stuff that we'll take with us. So, And I will definitely keep you all updated as we start meetings with that. Um, for anybody who is interested to go to going back with us, please all hands on deck we can take you know we can use any anything that you are willing to help with please do well this is an ongoing partnership with with our association and so we'll we'll have more information as the trip gets closer and so on and you know i mean this sincerely if if the lord you know this morning puts it on your heart in some way whether through what our youth have talked about and you say, I want to work with young people, then by all means, talk to Clint and say, you know, I, I, I just feel, you know, God is calling me toward this or what can I do? And, and when it comes to the trip to El Salvador, you know, I think one of the things, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're young or old or in between, there is something that you can do. And, and God has a call on your life uh, to, to share the gospel with other folks. And so, uh, so we'll, we'll certainly keep you updated. And uh, thank you all again for supporting Aaron's trip. And Aaron, thanks for going. Uh, it's really cool uh, to go. And she went to represent, of course, our church was the, was the sole member from Elm Grove on the trip. And, uh, and really, really cool. And so if you've got, if you've got some other questions. Aaron will be, uh, you know, here after the service, Clint, certainly be hanging around a little bit. You can ask some questions. I, I want to share a scripture with you and then we're going to stand and, and, uh, and, and uh, have a closing song and we'll be dismissed. But you know, one of the things that you know, we talk about missions and so on, why is it that we should, we should do those things? When you think about the life of Jesus, that's what he did. He, he said that he came uh, to give his life, to seek and save those who were lost. And then, then he sent the disciples out. While they were, were still with him, they, they were sent out two by two. 
uh, to go and to minister to different communities. And then when Jesus was about to leave the earth, he shared with us two scriptures that we have. One is in Matthew, the other is in the book of Acts, where he sent the disciples out. And it wasn't something that it was, there, were, there, there was a, a, an end to it. It was sort of a, a, you know, a dot, dot, dot. Go therefore and make disciples. And that's kind of unending. And so that's still our role today until